This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Space Waffles. I'm Marzu. And I'm Candace. And we are back. I feel like it has been so long since it's just been you and me on here. Yeah, we had the strike that we, we had the were. strike. We've had some interviews, all of which are really cool. And you should go back and check those out. Definitely. But we haven't had a, a chat in quite some time. But not this. Yeah, because we have been waiting to talk about the Soka series and what we learned from it. So this is like disclaimer off the top, not a discussion of like the Ahsoka series as a whole. This is more about a certain revelation we got pretty early on in the show that, that we had some feelings about. And just rather than just talking about that one decision, we are going to talk about it as a concept, as a theme. And that is Jedi Sabine and what it means to be a Jedi. Okay, a little bit of background. Sabine Wren was introduced in Star Wars Rebels. She is a Mandalorian, which if you're listening to this, you know what a Mandalorian is. She's a Mandalorian princess Jedi. Oh, my God. Okay. In season three, she does get taught how to use a lightsaber because she finds the dark and just yeets it from Darth Maul's little treasure cove and just like the Maul's grotto. Pretty much it. He's like, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Literally, he says that to Ezra. Oh my God. It's true. It's true. Sorry. It's true. Canon. Canon. Darth Maul is Ariel. Uh, (laughs) A little zappy (laughs) weird. Okay. Someone draw that. He's also really obsessed with this guy. Just like she becomes obsessed with this human guy that he saw once. And he's like, oh, my God, I have to change my whole life. <laughs> Apparently in Aberdesh, what's the language? Arabesh. Arabesh. On the walls, it just says Obi-Wan. Like, I mean, my walls also just say Obi-Wan on them. No, they don't. For legal reasons. That's a joke. Relatable. Anyway, we got off topic. Jedi Sabine. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Sabine is taught how to use the lightsaber by Kane and Jairus and Jedi. And she does. She does a pretty good job with it. Only other thing, she gives the dark saber to Bo-Katan and she's no more saber. She says, no more saber. She did what she was meant to do, which was like, find the new leader of Mandalore. That's the reason, really, she learned how to use the lightsaber. Right, Arzu? Like, right. That's your thing. As a, as but a at the, Yeah. But at the end of Rebels, when Ezra... Surrenders himself to Thrawn, he gives his lightsaber to Chopper, and Chopper gives it to Sabine. Which makes sense, because she's the only one who knows how to use it. The Ahsoka series brought with it the revelation that sometime between Rebels and the present day of the show, Sabine started training with Ahsoka, specifically training as a Jedi. And I don't know about you, but I was extremely surprised and not in a good way, not in a toxic fanboy way, but not in a good way either. I'm so I know she's like one of your that. favorite characters. I know she is my favorite. Chief Wuka are literally my two favorite characters. And even like when Rebels ended, I was like, oh my god, my two faves going off on an adventure together to look for one of my other faves, other Ezra. And I was like, this is like the dream. And then the trailer came out, and Sabine calls. 
Ahsoka master, but she says it in a sarcastic way. So I'm like, oh, maybe she's just being a bratty kid, even though she's in her 30s mood. Yeah, relatable. Ahsoka, she didn't take on Grogu. She didn't take on one of Luke's younglings that he might find. She took on a fully grown adult to be. She has been through war. She's a Mandalorian who's not quite known for their Jedi ways. She was partially raised by Kanan Jarrus in her own words. So that yes. is something. But she's prone to violence. She likes blowing things up. I don't it's think not, that's in the Jedi way. It's not even like the Jedi way because at this point there's like six Jedi. Like, screw the Jedi way. But my issue with this was that was never an indication I got that was something Sabine wanted. Like, while Ezra and Kanan were doing their shit, like, she learns how to use the Darksaber because this is, like, a tool at her disposal and this is a part of her heritage and this is, like, something she wants to feel connected to. And Kanan is the best qualified to teach her that. I get it. But you're going to roll your eyes, but Jedi Sabine, to me, is the same thing as Wraith Skywalker in that it doesn't ever seem like it's something the character wants. It's something the man writing it wants. Dave wants all his faves to be Jedi. JJ wants Luke Skywalker to be his daddy. Like, so this is like the logical conclusion. Oh my God. And I'm like, this is not, I don't even pretend to know Sabine Wren that well, but it just seems like this was something they needed to do to the character to make her feel more valid. Like, she has to be a proper Jedi who's training under the master Padawan system and she has to build her own lightsaber in this way. And she has to train in this way and use old training videos like this or else it doesn't count. And I think that makes, that takes the idea of anybody is force sensitive is a cool concept. I'm not opposed to like force sensitive Sabine, but the idea that the only way she can use her force sensitivity and tap into her force sensitivity is through this very strict, archaic, in quotes, Jedi training frustrates me because that makes the concept of what that means so much smaller i understand sabine maybe doing it to justify like a means to an end sure i see her doing that for anything anyone she loves she's like okay if i learn this i can save ezra kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah 100 percent can see that the issue with the soka series is we heard just a little bit about what went down in the past We needed to either hear more or see it. There was a lot of moments that I thought could have been used for flashbacks. There was that whole beginning scene at the first episode where Ahsoka's pulling an Indiana Jones, but it's boring. That time could have been used just having that flashback conversation with Ahsoka and Sabine. Being like, I want to train you on a Jedi. And be like, why? Why? And like then those, we find out those yeah. two first episodes were a great time for that kind of flashback. Yeah. Yeah. Or when Sabine, after she got like stabbed, have her flashback to when Ahsoka and her were training and when they lost, like they fought, they argued. I don't think they actually like fought Mustafar. But no, like, nobody fights like that. Nobody's quite that dramatic. Yeah. They're women. So it wasn't that bad. Oh, I said it. It's true. My, we're tired and petty right now. We just, are I don't think we should be recording things when we're this tired, but here we are. 
Yeah. So we're being very honest about our feelings, which is, you know what? I think better content. Yeah. I think my thing is when we first saw the trailer for Ahsoka, it was first the Star Wars Celebration. And then when it got more widely released where Sabine had Ezra's lightsaber, my initial thought was like Ezra left the lightsaber with her and her being resourceful, being a warrior, being a Mandalorian. She was like, I have a weapon at my disposal. I'm going to learn how to use it. Because it doesn't yeah. make sense not to. So I'm like, okay, that's what she's doing. And I'm like, and this is another fake out where she's got the lightsaber. We're like, oh my God, she's the Jedi. And then it's just like, no, that's not what's happening. Oh no, pulling a Finn, really, right? Which was what happened in that scene. So you can say that JJ wanted to make Finn a Jedi all you want. That's not what was happening in The Force Awakens. That wasn't his intention at all. But I'm going to get canceled so fast anyway. So... That had been my thought. And they're like, no, actually, she's a very formally trained Jedi. She was a Padawan. Ahsoka was her master. And I'm like, why? And if you want to know why, this series does not explain it to you. And the thing is, I feel like we're left to fill in the blanks, which a lot of people, including us, theorize that maybe Ahsoka took Sabine on because Sabine isn't really Force-sensitive. And she saw someone who had a bunch of midichlorians like Anakin turn to the dark side. But the thing is, Sabine and Anakin have a lot in common and not just their hatred of sand. Like, I also hate sand. I know. They are quick-tempered individuals who love very fiercely. There's nothing wrong with taking this emotionally volatile young woman and kind of teaching her to channel her anger and her strength and her power into something more focused and more productive. But I think it's crossing the line from using the skills of a Jedi to know she is just straight up a Jedi now that makes it seem like the story then becomes, and by the story of Star Wars as a whole, I don't even mean Ahsoka, the story becomes extremely black and white. It's like you're a Jedi or you're not. As opposed to these other ideas we see and maybe this slowly starts to segue into the larger conversation of like what makes Jedi is like we see in things like The Last Jedi in the High Republic we see that there are like conversations around the fact that being force sensitive to a degree does not mean you're a Jedi the force does not only reside within Jedi it's not something only the Jedi can connect to and I think that's a huge missed opportunity for Ahsoka to just be like if she's even a little force sensitive braid her hair and call her Padawan because there's only one way to deal with this. And I, I love Ezra's reaction when Sabine tells him. That was my reaction too. Like, yeah. What? Like, he, he doesn't get it either. The fact that Ezra, her best friend, is like, what? And a Jedi. He's like, what? Because, listen. Also, the fact that Ahsoka doesn't, like, take Jason Sindula as, as her Padawan. Maybe because Hera was like, I don't know about that. You can't have my son, but you can have my daughter. <laughs> Your daughter's an adult. You know? Not her problem anymore. Jason's going to go to Luke's temple. No, he's not. The heck he's not. Got this whole headcanon. Jason and Poe are BFF, and they don't want to hang out with Ben Solo. And then he's going to bump into Ben at the temple, and it's going to be a whole thing. And this is what I need in season two. I'm sorry. I just had to do my obligatory Ben Solo mention. We can move on now. Okay. So <laughs> like like you were like you were saying, Ahsoka does change what the audience 
thinks of when they think Jedi or what it means to be a Jedi or who can be a Jedi, really. Yeah. I don't. And that's what frustrates me. That's what frustrates me because it, it, I think, in my opinion, anyway, it narrows the audience's idea of who or what can be a Jedi. Really? Because it seems to be like anybody can be a Jedi. But anyone can use the force. I think anybody can use the force is fine if you're willing to be sophisticated about it. Like the, what's that big thing that they talk to? Like the Bendu, right? Is not a formal Jedi, but the Bendu can use the force. There's a lot of beings in, in the higher public that are connected to the force, that are attuned to the force, but aren't formal Jedi and they have no desire to be. So I don't think there's anything wrong with like anybody can be in tune with the force. I think the problem is that it's like if you are in tune with the force, you are there for a Jedi. I think that's the conclusion Ahsoka draws. And I think that's what makes it so narrow is it's like there is no room in here for like a force sensitive bounty hunter. Please tell me you can hear me. I can hear you, but I have something to disagree with you on. I feel like. Not quite the opposite, but the fact that Sabine didn't have the midichlorians or the natural ability, but she worked for it, says a different story, is that not everyone Force-sensitive, but people who aren't Force-sensitive can be Jedi. But she is Force-sensitive. And then, but she worked at it or something. Why did it work then? Because anybody can be attuned to the force which is cool which i like i like that you can like work on your connection with the force and have that deeper connection with it if that had been it over the course of the series i would have been like that's pretty awesome because that's like themes pulled directly from like my favorite star wars stories it's the fact that like she works at it with like the formal jedi endgame in mind where I'm like, there isn't only one way to be attuned to the Force. Which okay, is also to the larger issue, in, but I don't know why Ahsoka cares so much, but like... In this story, we have the Night Sisters who use a Force, and they are not Jedi, and they are not Sith. But they're bad guys, Candace. Are they, though? Are they? In the black and white view of this franchise, yes, they are. In my view, no, they're not. Ventress has never done anything wrong in her entire Ventress life. has never done anything wrong in her life. She's the perfect baby angel. But like, but the Knights Tell have, have like a mis- mystic element to them, which is really cool. Like if there had been more exploration of like other force users, they went into another galaxy for crying out loud. Like you're broadening things out that widely. Location wise. I don't know why. I guess it all comes back down to, I don't know why Sabine wants to be a Jedi. I think there could be many reasons why she wants to be a Jedi. We just, we're not told them. Like, I have a few headcanons about she thinks this is the best way she can find Ezra, or the only way she can find Ezra, because of his force abilities to, like, talk to the Purgles. Or she's doing it in honor of Kanan, who meant so much to her. But But isn't that something we should know? Yes, that's definitely something that should have been talked about instead of just like, oh, yeah, this vague thing that... And you don't need to be... Ahsoka, like, stop 
training. They have to come out immediately. No, it could be like Ahsoka and the Sabine stopped training. Wait, they were training. Why were they training? What's going on? And then you you can get into it, and then halfway through the season, like the truth comes out, and it like slowly spells it out because we don't need it all explained to us right away in like some sort of Wikipedia clip bite explanation. Like we're reasonably intelligent people. If you spell it out over the course of a season, we'll put it together. But like, I think there's a there was a huge reliance in the writing on like fans filling in the blanks because the thing is we like to speculate week to week but we're not supposed to like make up the bulk of the story week to week r.i.p merrick merrick this was that steve it was merrick the guy who ended up being like a cloud of gas oh maroc maroc see i can't even remember his name like isn't uh, first of all, like, is it Merrick from Andor? But that's Nemec. That's different. Who the heck is Merrick? I don't know where I got that. Merrick's from. a person, though. I just don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of, like, Merrick Garland, the secretary, the attorney general of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Sabine's motivations were missing. We do find out, like, why they stopped training, which was. Sabine wanted to try to save her family after the night of a thousand tears. And that's it. That's That's like the most that we got of their background. I feel that's the most we got of their backstory, I should say. And we get Sarah being like, oh, you should keep training her. And you're like, why? That's the thing is that there's a lot of in universe plot things being advanced about about like sabine's jedi journey but there's never any why she's on the journey other than like this is a thing they felt she should do which then begs the larger meta question of why was this something that they felt she should do like on a writing level like i it's like they wanted to include her but didn't know what to do with her and they're really obsessed with the master and apprentice storyline and it's like there's the only the one dynamic that they felt comfortable exploring. They couldn't just be BFFs. No, apparently not. Like, and the thing is, like, there's plenty of interesting stuff going on in the galaxy right now. Like Hera's political stuff about like you're not in the war anymore. You can't keep operating like you're in the war right now. Was really cool. It was really underexplored, but like that side was really cool. So like, what does a Mandalorian warrior? do in the post-war era when her best friend is missing and her found family are dead or scattered Scattered. to the wind like yeah what is her purpose now that's a really interesting story and if they maybe went into it like okay mandalore's gone or she felt so disconnected with her original mandalorian family because they abandoned her she wanted to join a different like a different family a different tribe of like Jedi, even that, just to be belonging, just to have some kind of like motivation would have been better. Sure. If she wants to pursue a Jedi path because it helps her feel closer to Ezra and Kanan and by extension Hera and Ahsoka, great. That's reason enough. But then we need to explore why she's feeling lost, 
did this Jedi journey even work? Maybe she won't be a traditional Jedi, but she can still use the Force in other intuitive ways, and this kind of informs her warrior's journey. Great. But we don't get any of that. No, we don't. I don't think it's even implied that she's trying to be a Jedi to find Ezra. No, it's just she's just a Jedi now, and I don't understand why. I figured Ahsoka just decided to train her because she had such low midichlorian. She's like, we're safe. It's fine. Not Anakin but, like, 2.0. But still, but we, does it, that's not enough. That's not enough. But but then that kind of undermines what we see in Mando Season 2 when Ahsoka doesn't want to train Grogu because she still seems super traumatized. And also she's not a she's Jedi. Traumatized. She's traumatized about to be. Well, that's why. apparently that's why she's traumatized. But like Ahsoka so being fucked. traumatized by the Jedi Order as a whole yeah, made perfect sense. Like, of course she doesn't want to get back in all that mess because that mess is exactly what caused Anakin's fall in the first place but then she's like no it's like the same mess but it's a different because I'm in charge this time like why is this different she does tell Hu Yang like yeah this is in Jedi protocol because there are no more Jedi not that like but then why I'm are not you doing, doing it the, Jedi way? the same way yeah it's th- there is room to train somebody as a Jedi in a different way that doesn't follow that Jedi protocol within the galaxy. But if you ask somebody in our world, what does Jedi training look like? They're going to go back to that prequel era format of Jedi training because that's what we're familiar with. And that's what's happened in the show is that's just the format they went to because that's the format that the story is the most familiar with. And I, I get that's also what the general audience is more familiar with. But like... They're not stupid. You can some of them. You are. can make it. You can make it its own thing. You can have a so could be like I'm going to train her in this way to do this thing to tap into like her own intuition and her own instinct, rather than her watching Anakin Skywalker training videos to try to emulate a style built for a system that no longer exists. Because that doesn't make any sense to me. No. Hopefully, maybe season two will fill in some blanks, even though it will be, in theory, too late. It would be nice, though, Dave. It w- it's definitely yeah, going to be too late. Give us some motivation, please. I would appreciate it. You know what? I will walk a lot of this back if season two gives us that motivation. I will happily walk a lot of this back. Arzu, I wanted to talk to you about this issue that I've had festering in my head. Okay, let's end it. <laughs> the finale of Ahsoka. Okay, so Sabine does a big mistake. She creates a huge mess. She gives the map to the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. And she does that because of a selfish reason to find Ezra. Yes. Like, everyone agrees that was not good, Sabine. Which, honestly, we love. One of my favorite parts of the season. I was like, oh my God, she did something it- interesting. It's like, it was unexpected. She's human. She's human too. It's a very human thing to do. Be like, someone no, I, I love is out there. I will do whatever it takes to get to them, even if it means cursing the entire universe. I loved that choice. It was like a selfish choice made by a hero for themselves and for somebody they love. I'm like, yes, we don't get nearly enough of this. So I love that. Yeah. So we're expecting Spin's going to make up for it, right? She's going to maybe kick Thrawn's butt or something or sacrifice. No, hopefully not sacrifice. No more sacrifice. Make a uh, selfless choice. Yes. 
thank you, Arzu, because I am tired of my hero sacrificing themselves. No more self-sacrifice. Thank you. We get to the ending, and Sabine literally has two choices in front of her. Her master, Ahsoka, is fighting a bunch of ghost zombie things. And then Ezra is on the ship, ready to be taken back to the their OG universe. And she chooses Ahsoka. And it's supposed to seem like that was a selfless choice. Like, right. oh, look, Sabine learned her lesson. She's grown as a person. I will argue going with Ahsoka was actually the most selfish choice she could make. Because Sabine is the one who messed up and helped them get to Thrawn. She should have gone back to her universe with Ezra and stopped Thrawn. Yeah. Sacrificing someone else she loved, Ahsoka. By choosing Ahsoka, she wins both ways. Ezra gets to go home and Ahsoka's alive. I agree. I agree. I think it would have been a far more dramatic decision for her to just leave Ahsoka there. And then, like, Ahsoka's not gone forever. Ahsoka will come back in season yeah, two. Balon's skull was, was still kicking around. I don't know how they're going to address that in season two, but he's still, I think Shin is still around, right? Yep, Shin's, go Shin's back there. So those three are still kicking. They can talk to each other in season three. Season two would have been the right decision, the selfless decision to leave her friend and, and go back for the greater good. I don't even know because her giving the villains the map is not her making a choice for the greater good. She's making a choice for Ezra. No. It's a very yes. selfish choice. And I don't say selfish in a bad way. And it's just the human advocate. choice. It's a very human, the human choice. choice. It's a selfish choice. And her going back for the good of the galaxy would have been the selfless choice. But she yes. makes another selfish decision. So unless they want to balance that out in season two with all selfless decisions, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. So no, because they act like when she goes to Ahsoka and saves her, that's her writing her wrong. But what wrong? Because I don't even I think, think she did anything wrong. I think the only way it a bigger choice is if her and Ezra were actually in love and a couple. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if she's like, okay, the love of my life is gone. Yeah, because if the two of them had like, after all this time, seen each other again, confessed their love, and then in that moment it was like Ezra or Ahsoka, I have to save Ahsoka, that would have been a selfless decision. Because the stakes of what she's leaving are personally much higher than what she's staying for. Whereas, as it stands, it's go with a friend and save the galaxy, stay with a friend, chill with the turtle people. Yeah. Like, it's either way, it's someone she loves, someone she considers family. Yeah. And honestly, it's really her having it all because she wasn't sure Ahsoka was going to survive. She knows Ezra can fake being an imperial for a day or two he's really long enough to get home yeah and then he knows Hera, and he'll be fine exactly so he's not going to be alone she knows zeb and Hera and little jason are out there and even chopper he's going to have some family out there he's going to be fine but soka would have been all alone there i just i i don't know what he, he was going for i do not know why that seemed like this was supposed to be seen in a positive light when i just see it as very selfish. I think that's fine that Sabine is selfish. I think it's okay that it's selfish. I think the the larger issue is the most meaningful analysis I have heard on this show as a whole 
comes from people who I swear are doing so much more legwork than the writers are in almost every respect. It's like, it's fun. It's got good vibes, cool action. Hayden Christensen came back. All like a phenomenal cast. I don't think we've given them their flowers. Like, oh, yeah, no. Fantastic cast. Iman and Natasha, the episode before the finale, when it's the two of them, I'm like, oh my God, that's Ezra and Sabine. Just a dream pairing right there. It was beautiful. I was like, yes, chef kisses all around to everyone. They were brilliant. I was like, and you know how much I'm obsessed with the Rebels, and I love those yeah. two characters. So you were like, course, the them one to please with it. Yes, and they did. They did it very well. Amazing job, both of them. But like, I don't know, there's so much thematically where I find it wanting. I find like, it's just, it doesn't go as deep as it should. It doesn't ask the more basic questions that I think it should. Especially when it's a pseudo sequel to Rebels. Which it is a was straight up for the Rebels. Which is meant for y- children. Yeah. As a basic demographic. Soka is meant for everyone, right? Yeah, Ahsoka is meant for the, the general Mandalorian watching audience. Exactly. So I feel like it's... Rebels was smarter, I should say. Rebels had more depth. Rebels? Because Rebels introduced you to everybody and made sure you knew what was going on. Ahsoka assumes you have seen Rebels. But even seeing Rebels, I didn't know what Sabine's motivation was of That's being true. a Jedi. I didn't know why Ahsoka... You know me, I... I've watched everything Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, Forces of Destiny. I've read the comics. I've read the books. Anything that has Ahsoka in it, I consume. And I do not understand. I have theories, obviously. But I don't know why she would take Sabine as an apprentice. There are things missing that I, I don't understand it. Just a few flashbacks would have made the whole series more meaningful. I'm really sad we won't we might not get those can we get a short story or something Dave like just even then like you say it yourself all the time we shouldn't have to read the books to make sense of the show no we shouldn't we shouldn't have any supplemental material to be watching a tv show a movie anything you should be able to get everything unless it's a book that's part of a series oh yeah definitely squadron or aftermath or I'm like looking to see what the series are or like Thrawn or the High Republic, like even the High Republic to a lesser extent, unless it's part of a series, the thing should stand on its own. Like, and for something like Obi-Wan Kenobi, which does require quite a bit of prior knowledge. First of all, it requires knowledge of the movies, which is a much more accessible thing than four seasons of a kid's show. Second of all, they did a previously on before the first episode with the big beats of the movie. That if you're not like us and watch them at least once a year, that you need to remember. Yeah. And they didn't have anything of that for Ahsoka. Which, because it's in a different medium, because it was animation. So that's like hard for them to do. Because they're not going to be like previously on and show you the cartoon. And then you're suddenly looking at not cartoon people. Yeah. And I think also they think it would be a turnoff. And it might be for a lot of people to be like, oh, no, this is from animation. Sure. Just because they're... A lot of people still think that's for babies. Guillermo del Toro would like a word. 
like many words. Give him a Star Wars. Honestly. Okay, I, like one of the most talented directors in our lifetime wants to direct Star Wars. Let him. I'm personally okay with the idea that someone can learn the force because in every movie since Empire Strikes Back, we learn something new about the force. Like mm-hmm. we didn't know that objects could be moved with the force until Yoda. Actually, until no, the until Wampa scene. Yeah. Yeah, the Wampa scene. But that wasn't in A New Hope. And we didn't know about Force Lightning until Return of the Jedi. There's a bunch of things that we can keep learning about the Force because none of our experts and the Force seems to be everywhere. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the Force being something somebody can, like, learn to use. In general. Mm -hmm. In theory. I don't understand why it was necessary here. That's my problem. I would be okay with it because, again, my favorite characters hanging out. Great. But I just need a little bit more explanation. If I understood why it mattered to her, that would be different. Yeah. She just could have said, I want to honor Kanan. Or I think this will help me to find Ezra. Great. Just one of those things. Yeah, because... Ezra's the one who gave her his lightsaber. And really, he was like surprised that she's being a Jedi. So he didn't like give her the lightsaber because, like, oh, I think you should be a Jedi, Sabine. He's literally like, can you, know? you hold on to this? It's like, I didn't think you were going to touch it. You're just supposed to put it in my room. Why are you always touching my stuff? I just didn't want Chopper to have it for too long. Okay. On that note, okay. we love Star Wars, by the way. We really do. Like, we say all this <laughs> love. Yeah, we say it because we love it a lot, actually. It's a good thing. It's it's healthy. Yes. We can do more than one thing at once. We contain multitude. We're fake fans. I will say, when Sabine was able to use the force and stab that zombie, I did cheer. Like, it was a good moment. It was very well, it was filmed well, and it got me. That's, I think that's my problem with a lot of my problems, is they're good moments. Yeah, but they're not in anything in context. Yeah. Where can everyone find you online? You can find me at Candace is a Geek on Twitter, X, or whatever the heck it's called by now. And you can find me at Candace Call on everything else. Arzu, where can they Um, find you? As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I'm at Arzu Amin.bluesky.social as well. I'm at Arzu D. Yeah, that too. Instagram threads. I don't use Tumblr, but I do have it. As a network, we are on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the geeky waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. The geeky waffle on YouTube. We're at thegeekywaffle.com. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. And on that note, thank you all for listening. Anyone can be a Jedi responsibly, and may the waffle be with you. This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. 